This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. The president of Mexico met with President Biden at the White House, but did anything get accomplished to close our very open southern border? Meantime, Texas Governor Greg Abbott says that he is now taking matters into his own hands as his state and now many others in this country are being overrun by migrants and also by skyrocketing fentanyl deaths. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Mark Morgan. He's the former commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection from 2019 to January 2021 under then-President Trump. Mark, great to have you here on this podcast. Thanks for uh, having me, Rita, as always. You know, it's been stunning, some of the new numbers and new developments. But let's first talk about this visit. Of course, we know the president of Mexico first shunned President Biden at the Summit of Americas in California. But he did come to the White House. But did anything get done? To me, it was so lackluster. Yeah, it was. It was a quintessential political D.C. photo op. Zero has changed substantively that's going to provide us any change in what's happening on the southwest border. But Rita, here's what's the most important thing about what was transpiring now between the United States and Mexico, is we have literally given up every bit of strength and leverage that we had developed under President Trump. That's a fact. That's not a political statement. I was there at the time. And President Trump used that strength in that position to leverage Mexico to step up in ways that they never have in modern history as far as their, not only strengthening their southern border, increasing tier enforcement with Mexico, and of course, supporting the Remain in Mexico program. That was one of the watershed policies we had to really reduce the flow of illegal immigration and increase our ability to secure our border. Instead, now what we have, that's all been jettisoned. And all the goodwill we had has been gone away Instead, that position has completely changed. Now it's AMLO, the, the president of Mexico, that's dictating the conditions to our president with respect to what should happen at the southern border. That's where we're at right now. You know, and it was obvious, too, even as they were sitting there at the White House in the photo op, you could see that, you know, the president was just kind of laughing, the president of Mexico. And he even made that joke about, hey, Americans come to Mexico to get cheap gas. It was kind of a jab right there with President Biden sitting right next to him. Absolutely, Reed. I couldn't agree more. And I really hope people really paid attention to, to that is how significant things have really changed with respect to what's happening right now. It's not, hey, Mexico, your responsibility. This is a global issue. You've got to step up. And remember what President Trump did. Hey, a little thing called tariffs. If it wasn't that strength, that power move, we wouldn't have been as successful as we were under the Trump administration. But that's what's happened now, and that's how different things are right now. Do you feel also that there is no sort of respect and no sort of, like you just said, this sort of carrot and stick 
it seems to be that there isn't any leverage from this American president. And it didn't seem that the president of Mexico seemed to have any respect for President Biden, or at least seemed to be concerned about what America could do if he doesn't try to protect the borders more on the southern side. Reed, I, I think everything you just said is, is spot on. I could have said it better myself. Look, let me give you an example. What we've seen, you know, the last large caravans. Remember the, the caravan and the Del Informant that, you know, got up to, you know, 15,000 strong. Remember the pictures that we saw? You literally had a, a Mexican law enforcement officials just standing there on the side of the road, forming a column, not trying to stop anyone. They were actually just providing a safe road for them to transverse through Mexico on the way to the United States. That's the way it used to be before President Trump came in and really gave us the tools and, and really forced Mexico to step up to do what they should be doing. And now we've literally gone back in time four or five years, and it's worse than now than it's ever been. And Mark, what was it? You mentioned, obviously, it was the Remain in Mexico. What was it that really helped President Trump to use the leverage? Was it a comprehensive and it was just a tone to, uh, listen, we're going to take matters into our own hands if you don't? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was all that. But your last point, Rita, is key, because here was the message, the tone, if you will, that we said is, look, Mexico, we're not going to rely on you for us to secure our borders. If you don't step up and cooperate with us and work on this issue as a global issue that it is, we're going to do what we need to do from the United States to close our borders, to secure our borders. And when we do that, Mexico you are actually going to have a challenging time with respect to the way that we're going to do this. Or we could join together, again, as we should to address this. And that's what we did. And now all that is gone. And you know what? It wasn't just the leverage and strength that we showed. What happened through that, Rita, is we actually developed goodwill. We actually were developing effective working relationships. My counterpart, for example, Mexico, I was on a regular basis talking to him. And we developed a really good, effective communication and working relationship. All of that's gone now. It's all out the window. Which is so sad. So what does that mean for U.S. national security, Mark Morgan? My goodness, because I think about nothing is more important than protecting our borders. Yeah, that's exactly right. And again, I think that what you said, people, you know, Ulysses, really, I deplore them, please pay attention to what you just said, national security. That's what this is about. It's not about illegal immigration. This is about border security, which is national security. But the reality is, as illegal immigration skyrockets, again, the highest it's ever been in our lifetime, our ability to secure our border goes down. They're not mutually exclusive. They're connected to each other. That's why it's so important. We have to stop illegal immigration, get resources back to the line so we can actually secure our border to stop bad things and bad people from crossing the border and making their way to every state in this country. How concerned are you, Mark? You know, when you see some of the numbers, I think about also that was recently reported that it was 50 people that were on the terrorist watch list were apprehended. Now, these are just the ones we know about. But what does that mean? Explain to people, because you know firsthand, as being the former commissioner there of CBP, what that means. Who gets on the watch list and how bad are those folks? Yeah, and I also spent two decades in the FBI. Look, it's called the TSDB, the Terror Screening Database. It's actually kept by the FBI. And what that means is, is that there's derogatory information about that specific individual. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a known terrorist, but at a minimum, we do have derogatory information that maybe this individual is connected to a terrorist organization or terrorist financing. It's horrible. It's bad. It's a national security vulnerability and threat. And as you said, this fiscal year alone, and we still have four months to go, they have apprehended 50 
5-0 illegal aliens on the FBI's terrorist screening database. In addition to that, they've also encountered and released a suspected terrorist, so-called accidentally, and took him two weeks to find the individual. And let's not forget, the FBI recently just prevented a terrorist attack that was planning to assassinate a former President Bush. And how were they going to accomplish that, Rita? They were going to smuggle in terrorists through the wide-open southwest border. And as you said, that's just what we know about. That's just what we prevented and apprehended. Let's go back to right now, 800,000 known gotaways. 800,000 illegal aliens have broken our southwest border and evaded apprehension and made their way to every town, city, and state. I think we can make, there's a strong case to say the next terrorist attack is already in the United States. That's frightening. So you believe they probably already got here, in other words, that it's so open that they're probably there planning, plotting, unfortunately. That's exactly right. And this is why I get so fired up. Why isn't every congressional member of Capitol Hill standing on the steps of the Capitol Hill demanding that this administration reverse course, secure our borders and protect our national security? If not for just the fact we just had a terrorist attack prevented that was going to come through the southwest border. Why is that alone not enough for us to reverse course, secure our border? And we haven't even talked about the criminals among the 800,000, the rapists, the murderers, pedophiles, gang members. We haven't even talked about the drugs pouring across the southwest border, killing 100,000 Americans last year. I mean, we could go on and on, Peter. Really frightening. How would you rate national security now compared to how it was under Trump's time? This is how I phrase it, is that under President Trump, we actually had the most secure border in our lifetime. Now, do we have all 2,000 miles locked down? No, but we were getting better every single day. That's the big difference, is that we were committed. We understood that border security along our southwest border it was national security. And that's why we were committed, and the President Trump was committed every single day to getting better and having a more effective, secure border. Well, this administration, first time in my lifetime, for 35 years, I've served under six administrations, Republican, Democrat, first administration that came in, inherited the most secure border, and actually intentionally unsecured the border. That's where we're at. So our national security vulnerability is exponentially higher now than it was 18 months ago. And it's at a time where there's so much uncertainty in the world to mark. I mean, I think about what's been going on, of course, with Russia and Ukraine and China and Iran. I mean, there's a lot of bad actors out there. This is not a time. There's no time to have an open border, but this certainly isn't a good time right now. Don't you think with all of these elements? I mean, I just think... It's a stunning and really dangerous and precarious time because of all of that. Yeah, look, this is why I love coming on talk to you. Look, again, you're spot on. Let's not forget about Afghanistan and what happened there, right, and the way that we pulled out. But Afghanistan now literally has returned to a terrorist haven and terrorist operating base, right? And I can guarantee you that the terrorist organizations in this world, their commitment to do harm to the United States both here and abroad is stronger than ever before. It hasn't wavered. And they're continuing to look for vulnerable areas to exploit. They have to look no further than our southwest border for some of the greatest vulnerabilities we have. And now through the FBI, we know that's in fact exactly what they're doing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
And so, Mark Morgan, in the middle of all this, we've got Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who's like, okay, I'm just going to take this into my own hands, because clearly the federal government is not, and he openly says that, too. Do you think he can be effective? I mean, one of the things he talked about is this executive order, and it's also to get, of course, as you know, to get those folks, they can arrest them now and bring them to at least to the U.S. side of the border, at least to the border region Is that going to be effective? And what happens when they get to the border? Well, so it could be if it's part of a longer-term strategy. And so this is what I say. Governor Abbott has done more to fill the void that's been left by this administration's complete abdication of their constitutional responsibility under the Guarantee Clause that says it will protect the states from threats from outside its borders. Clearly, they failed on that mission and that guarantee under the Constitution. And Governor Abbott has done more Operation Lone Star. They've seized tens of thousands of pounds of drugs, a couple hundred thousand illegal aliens, money and weapon. I mean, they've really done a good job. But the recent executive orders, you said, he's going to start returning illegal aliens to the border. He's not going to quite remove them back to Mexico. And look, part of this is a growing strategy. We also knew, and I was there just recently, you got communities together in one Kenny County. A judge actually declared under the rule of law that his county was being invaded. I mean, it's history. That's never happened before. And so, look, I think the executive order is another step in the right direction by Governor Abbott. But the reality is, if you return them to the border, you know what? Border Patrol is just going to be standing there waiting for them. They're going to grab them, process them, release them, because that's what they're being directed to do. So until we start allowing the states to protect themselves and actually remove illegal aliens from the state that they invaded, I don't think we're going to realize the success that we need. What do you make of, you use the word invaded, and it reminded me, of course, because recently the phraseology of declaring it an invasion. Do you think that that's successful? A couple of Texas counties have said that because they really do feel, as you know firsthand better than anybody, Mark, that they feel it is an invasion of sort of, you know, a foreign group coming into the country, causing a lot of crime and issues at the border, especially for those counties that are right there and the farmers and everybody who lives right there on the border, the ranchers there. What does that do? And do you think we'll see more doing that? Yeah, so that's exactly right. And look, and when I was down there on that Tuesday a couple weeks ago, when those local counties, you know, declared the invasion, you know, I saw it in their faces. I heard it in their voices. I mean, they're devastated. They're drowning. They're overwhelmed. Whatever adjective you want to use. And look, from a financial perspective, a resource perspective, and a safety perspective, I've talked to those ranchers. I stood in front of them. Some of these ranchers don't even feel comfortable leaving their wife and their kids in their own home because they're so afraid of the dangers that exist because it's literally the wild, wild west on our southwest border. And that's what led them to declare it's an invasion. Look, the Constitution is very clear. The federal government guarantees to protect the states from threats from outside our borders. And when they fail to do that, the Constitution also guarantees the states that they can protect themselves. And that's part of what this, this executive order that Governor Abbott did is moving towards. But it still falls short a little bit because here's what needs to happen at the end of the day. It's a complicated issue down there, Rita, but some of the solutions are not. If you actually physically remove those that illegally enter our border, guess what? They'll stop coming. And as illegal immigration reduces, we get more resources back on the front line. We're able to more effectively secure our borders. So until we actually physically start removing those that illegally enter, we're not going to have the success that we need. Yeah, and then they'll get the message out. You know, the cartels and the families and everybody will get the message that, okay, you can't just stay in America. One of the other things, too, that's happening, Mark, and you know this so well also is about fentanyl. It's such a scary 
drug, as we've been hearing so much about it, and the numbers are staggering. And in fact, just in the last few days, we were hearing from Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who was saying just even in Texas, and these are not even, he was saying these are not necessarily even like border counties. These are other parts of Texas vulnerable to this. But he was saying that like in 2019, there was 277 fentanyl deaths. And then he said last year, 1,700 fentanyl deaths just in some counties there in Texas. That's sixfold just in Texas. And now fentanyl has become the leading cause of death in America for 18 to 45 years old. I mean, taking over cancer and car accidents. How huge of an issue is fentanyl? And is it going to get a lot worse? Because these cartels are totally taking advantage. Just like you said, like, you know, folks are coming in, as you know, these huge groups are coming in at the border they're keeping the border agents busy because they got to take them and they're processing them and they're doing all that stuff. And meantime, the cartels are slipping huge amounts of fentanyl. Some huge seizures have happened. And you know, a lot has gotten through. That's exactly right. And your listeners really need to pay attention, please, to what you just said about the technique. Really, you're absolutely correct. Look, it's a reason why there are groups of illegal aliens that come across at 50, 60, 100, 200 at a time. The cartels actually hold them in stash houses on the Mexico side, and then they send scouts, observers, into the U.S., and they say, okay, you're ready? Okay, so zone one, we're going to flood it with illegal aliens. All the border patrol resources have to go there to provide the humanitarian resource to these human beings, and that leaves zone three, four, and five to the left and right wide open, and they just start pouring in criminal aliens and drugs. And it's happening every day, all day long, along all 2,000 miles of the border. It's absolutely right. Let me give you another statistic besides the leading cause of death between 18 and 45 is fentanyl. Last year, in a 12-month period, 107,000 Americans died from drug overdose or poisoning. 107,000 in 12 months. That's more Americans than died from all the terrorist attacks, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam wars combined in a 12-month period. If that also in addition to that security that we talked about, in addition to the criminals coming across, how in the world is that not enough for American citizens to demand that this administration reverse course and secure its borders? Rita, as we've been talking, more Americans just died from drug overdoses. Oh, yeah, one last step. We all agree about the 107,000 drug overdoses. We all agree about the leading cause of death, 1845, is fentanyl. We all agree that there is a fentanyl epidemic. But guess what? 95% of fentanyl comes from the wide open southwest border. How is this a right or left thing? How is this not an American thing to stop our kids from dying by securing our borders? It boggles my mind. And do you believe like the Biden administration doesn't want to address it because then it clearly brings focus to the open southern border? This is exactly right. Rita, how many times have you heard about the fact that all these stats about all the, the deaths related to fentanyl? How many times you've heard this administration say, oh, yeah, 95 percent of fentanyl comes from the southwest border? You don't. What you do hear them talking about is they'll brag about what they see. Now, don't get me wrong. The men and women on the front lines are doing the best they can. And I'm proud of every single ounce of drug that they see. But it's not about what they see. It's about what they don't see because our borders are wide open because of this administration's open border policy. That's what we should be focusing on. Yeah, and the fact that they are not focused on it, just like you said, it is not a political issue, and it shouldn't be. It's a national security issue, but they want us to sort of, they're not focused on fentanyl, they're not focused on the border, and again, as we were talking about this visit of the Mexican president, it was like, oh, yeah, we just talked to him, and you could even hear you know, President Biden's voice when they were in the meeting there that everybody covered at the White House. You know, it just seemed so like no energy on the issue. 
And that seems to be the response, too. I mean, he hasn't even gone down to the border. Kamala Harris barely went down to the border. I mean, it seems just indicative that they just want everybody to kind of ignore what is a huge issue. That's exactly right. They're absolutely ignored and they're sticking their hands in the sand. And the only thing I want to tweak a little bit about Vice President, she actually went to a border state, but she didn't actually physically go to the border. She never got out of an air conditioning hangar, right, which is just unbelievable. When what's happening in the southwest border is killing more Americans than any other issue in this country right now. And here's an important thing. Again, it's not a border issue. Yes, the border towns and local communities get the brunt of it. Yes, they are overwhelmed. Yes, they see the majority of it firsthand and up close, but it doesn't stay there. What happens and what comes across the southwest border does not stay there. That's why we say every state in this country is a border state. If you have yet that 15-year-old girl who's a great girl, who's got a great life ahead of her, and she goes to a party, and she's a typical 15-year-old, a good kid, and she takes what she thought was a Percocet, but it was laced with fentanyl, and she dies. One mistake, and she dies. She's not a drug addict. She's a good kid, and she dies. Oh, by the way, she was in Nebraska. I mean, that's happening every single day, Rita. The drugs coming across, killing our kids, killing our citizens, does not stay at the southwest border. You know, I talked about the 800,000 known gotaways. Unknown, it's even more. Among them, rapists, murderers, pedophiles, aggravated felons. Look, we just had an illegal alien rape a 10-year-old girl. Rape a 10-year-old girl. How much more of this death and destruction has to happen? And here's one last thing. It's not just Americans that are dying. Guess who else is dying? The migrants themselves. I keep saying the worst thing that you can do for the migrants themselves is to have open borders. Under this administration, they've set another record. You know what that record is? The number of dead migrants they found at the border trying to illegal enter, or the number of young women and children that are raped and sexually assaulted on their journey. They were given young girls as young as 12 years old the morning after pill because they know more than likely she's going to be raped on her journey up here. And we haven't even talked about the atrocities associated with expansion of human trafficking because this administration has opened up the borders. Enough is enough. How many more Americans have to die and how many more migrants themselves have to die before we force this administration to reverse course and secure our borders? No, absolutely. It's not humane in any case, you know, on either side of the border. Great points. Well, Mark Morgan, I always love talking to you. I mean, you just have such great knowledge, and I know how much you love this country. Thank you for all you've done to keep us safe in your great time at the FBI and, of course, there as the Commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Thank you, Mark, for being here. And, boy, let's pray for our country and for our safety. Amen. Thanks for all you do, too, Rita. Thank you. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. America.